Hello everyone, welcome to episode 6, I think, of In Her Own World, the podcast by yours truly, Shannon Ladd. I feel like I haven't talked to the podcast in forever because in preparation for working full-time, I pre-recorded two episodes a couple of weeks ago and just edited the one last Sunday, so I haven't actually recorded for a couple of weeks, so I'm kind of like getting back into the swing of it, I guess. If you've never listened before, this is a podcast about kind of coming of age, coming into the adult world, graduating college, um, and getting your life started basically and going through those growing pains. So stick around if that is the boat that you're in, like a lot of us are. And speaking of that, I wanted to mention in the beginning of this podcast that I plan for the next sort of round of episodes, the next season, I guess, to be interviews with people. And next season is going to be called Just Getting Started. It's still going to be in her own world, like that's the name of the podcast, but the season will be called Just Getting Started. And basically, I want to interview my peers who are maybe six months, one year, two years out of college. And I want to interview you guys about your, like what your major was, if you use your major in your job, what your current job is, if you like your job, uh, what you do day to day. And the reason I want to do this is because I feel like that fits in well with the whole coming of age, entering the working world, that kind of aspect of this podcast. And I think that having more perspective than just me talking into the microphone is always going to be better. Plus, I have some interesting friends that I definitely, definitely want to interview, and I just know the episode would be so good. So if you're listening to this and you would like to be interviewed, we don't have to physically be together. We can do it over the phone. Please let me know because I want to interview basically anyone and everyone I can, whether you think your job is interesting or not, or your life outside of college is interesting or not. Uh, I want to interview you because I'm sure there's something valuable to be said. Okay, with that being said, happy Sunday. I have had a lovely, lovely day today. It is currently 7.30, so we're getting a little late there for recording the podcast, but I had the most productive day ever today. Like, I just felt well-rested and like on fire today. I went on a run, I got all of my errands done, my laundry has been laundered, and not only that, it has been put away, my groceries have been shopped, my room has been organized, I just, it's been, it's been a great day. I had a very chill weekend, all of my weekends lately have been extremely chill, and it has been so good for my mental health, you guys. I swear, not drinking on the weekends, even if it's only one night of a weekend, a couple weeks in a row, it affects my productivity and my mental health so much longer than just that one night or that one weekend day. Like, when I'm hungover and as I get older, my hangovers increasingly get worse and worse, despite the fact that I'm drinking less and less alcohol, and when I'm hungover like that, my thoughts are dark, dude. Like, dark. I'm anxious. I can't focus. I can't, I just, I just don't function well when I'm hungover. Like my hangovers lately make me not want to drink ever again. And this ties into the topic of this episode, which the title of this episode is You're Killing Your Brain, which is a bit of a bold statement. But if you are in your 20s and you are drinking on the weekends, especially if you're drinking heavily, you're killing your brain, plain and simple. And I am no saint. I certainly drink like semi-regularly, 
not nearly as much as I used to, but we're going to get into that. And the brain is a topic I could talk about for hours. I just listened to a podcast that sparked the topic of this episode. It's an episode of The Skinny Confidential with Dr. Daniel Amen. If you look him up, you'll probably recognize him if you frequent TikTok at all. He's pretty popular on TikTok. He's worked with Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus. He helped Miley Cyrus quit weed, which we all know she was like the poster girl for weed, so that's a big deal. And he talked all about the brain and your brain health in this episode of The Skinny Confidential, and I was fascinated. It reminded me of why I loved being a psych major so much. And a big portion of what he talked about was alcohol on the brain, basically. But before we dive more into that, I want to talk about just brain health in general and why we don't speak more on brain health. And I'm talking about something a little bit different than just your mental health. I'm a huge mental health advocate, always have been, always will be. It's why I was a psych major. And your mental health and brain health, like, they are obviously intertwined. They're kind of one and the same, and so is your physical health. Like, every different facet of health is kind of one and the same. Like, you can't really have one truly without the other. Like, if you're physically well, you're most likely mentally, you know, fairly well as well. Not to generalize, because that's, of course, not always the case, but all facets of your health kind of work together, in my opinion. But really, at the end of the day, it starts with the brain. It starts with your thoughts. It it starts with how you are functioning from an executive place, and the executive of your entire body is literally your brain. And I'm starting to think that we should frame the mental health discussion a little bit more around taking care of your brain because that makes it a physical thing for people, right? It's like, oh, I'm taking care of this physical thing that's inside of me, right? It's not some, not that I think mental health isn't real in any way, shape, or form, but I think a lot of people don't understand mental health and potentially even take it as far as saying that, like, your mental health versus lack of mental health, like, that's not a real thing because you can't physically see it. Mental health isn't necessarily a physical thing, it's just a concept, right? But if we start framing it as brain health and brain maintenance in a way, I think it's we're basically talking about the same thing. The same way to take care of your brain physically is the same way to take care of your mental health. But framing it this way, I think all of those people in your life that you can think of that just don't really believe in the whole like mental health movement, or maybe they, it's not even that they don't believe it. I've met so many honestly, men specifically, that they don't reject the idea of taking care of their mental health. They don't reject the idea of therapy in full, but they don't get it. And I feel like so many women can relate to this. Like, I've seen this in so many men in my life. Like, they just don't fully get it to the point where they would ever really work on it. So I'm kind of starting to think if to these people we start framing it as like, well, if this, like, X, Y, and Z, like, taking this supplement or exercising or whatever it may be is physically helping your brain, then they might respond to that better than that than saying, well, exercise helps your mental health. And this has been proven. That's what Dr. Daniel Amen talks about on this podcast. It shows with just a couple months of work on people's diet and exercise, their brain scans improve vastly. So I personally think that it would be a really beneficial thing for society in general if we started discussing exactly what we're already talking about with mental health and literally just framing it as brain health. I think a lot of people 
will respond so, so, so much better to that framing. And it's genuinely just like a switch in words, but people like things that they can touch. If people can't touch a thing, not everyone, some people, if they can't touch something, it's not real to them, right? This is actually really funny, speaking of not being able to like grasp onto something that you can't materialize. My friend and I have been discussing NFTs like all week long. He's starting one. NFT stands for non-fungible token. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I won't talk about this for too long because this isn't a finance podcast, obviously, but personally, I'm having such a hard time grasping this NFT concept because it has to do with Ethereum, which is like an online currency, and it's very much people are making very real money from these. But in my in my eyes, I'm like, but you don't you're not holding anything. You're buying this this pixel online or this pixelated art form and it's worth all this money. How does this make sense? The way that I view that is the way that I feel like a lot of people view mental health. How can I even conceptualize this thing that I can't hold? And I've always the message that has always been driven into my head from a young age is like, what's real is what's in front of you physically. So that's just kind of a a tie in there that I think is interesting to point out. But yes, your brain health is important. Your mental health is important. Your physical health is important. And it's really hard to have one without the other. And that's kind of the point I'm getting at. And I really think that we should start framing the conversation as taking care of your brain, almost like brain maintenance, rather over anything else. And it's wild too how sensitive your brain is. So for example, Dr. Daniel Amen talked about in that podcast how athletes, not even just football players who really get knocked around, like soccer players, all types of athletes, they have a three times higher depression rate amongst them simply because of the constant small brain injuries that they're getting. It might not even be a full-blown concussion, it's just your brain isn't meant to like bounce a soccer ball off your head day to day, you know? And it has been proven to have serious effects on your mental health. Now the thing is, the vast majority of society, including myself, including most of the people listening to this, our jobs do not involve getting our brains knocked around, so luckily we don't really have to worry about that kind of a thing. But, you know, little things like if you fell out of a tree when you were young or were just you were just like roughhousing with your friends a lot, um, getting a lot of brain injuries when you're young and your brain is literally malleable, like it's so it, it's so susceptible to changes and, and falling like that. It, it actually can affect your mental health long term into adulthood, which is fascinating. But something that I'm sure the large majority of people listening are doing often is drinking alcohol. So this is the alcohol tie-in from the beginning of the episode. So we'll call this section of this episode alcohol on the brain. Um, And I just want to kind of pull on my own experience with this because I was a pretty heavy drinker compared to where I'm at now. Uh, my freshman and sophomore year of college and my first semester of my junior year of college. Like, I hit the alcohol hard on the weekends with my friends, which I don't regret, by the way. If if there was going to be a time to do it, it was early on in college when I was first being introduced to alcohol. I didn't drink at all in high school, so I just kind of went batshit crazy those first couple years, which I think is normal and fine. But the thing is, I had no idea how much it was affecting my productivity, my mental health, my physical health. And the way I figured this out was basically alcohol was strictly a social thing for me, okay? 
I was not one to crack open a beer with dinner or a white claw with dinner on like a Tuesday night. I don't like wine. Um, so I was not drinking alcohol aside from like probably Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So then the pandemic hit and you might be able to see where I'm going with this social encounters, social interactions pretty much came to a halt for like six months fully. Really like longer than that, but I I would say a full six months like through that summer, it was like I didn't go to one party or gathering or anything. And what do you know, every aspect of my life improved so significantly. My mental health was better, my physical health was better, I was putting a lot of that energy into exercising in a real way for the first time when I would drink and the first times that I did start getting actually like drunk and then therefore hung over post-pandemic, I realized how significantly drinking affected me because of how low I would feel the next day and it was so rare after the pandemic for me to feel like that that I was like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to drink like this anymore. And I know that this is like very directly alcohol related because when the pandemic started, I was emotionally very unwell. I was not in a good spot emotionally. So I had every reason for my mental health to go downhill even more so. And it probably would have, honestly, if I didn't, if I wasn't forced to leave school. But somehow, despite being wrecked in some ways, I was basically heartbroken. Um, I was starting to thrive in so many other ways and i'm telling you like it was so so correlated to drinking and hitting the bottle hard all weekend long every single weekend at college and i want to make it so clear i'm not passing judgment here because by no means have i cut out alcohol completely from my life I just, when I do go out, I drink far less than I used to, A. And B, I have kind of definitely become someone that is more likely to say, oh, I'm not going to like go out today, like I'm going to stay at home. But I am like in my early 20s. Sometimes I simply have to and genuinely want to just say, hey, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And I think that is normal and fine. And if I wasn't doing that, I think that would be, that would be a problem for me because I am a pretty social person at this point. I love getting dressed up to go out. I love experiencing new clubs. Like one of my, one of the things I'm most excited for when I move to New York is all the cool hit clubs and different places I'm going to get to experience. Like nightlife is so much fun. But when I am going out, I'm drinking far less. I'm not going out just to go out. I'm not getting blackout drunk just to get blackout drunk. It's not worth it. Not to mention, and I need to do a little bit more experimenting with this, but I think it's very possible to experience nightlife in full and dance clubs and DJs and fun things like that and not really drink at all. Like, I feel like you can still do that and rage until two in the morning with not much alcohol in your system. I think we've been programmed to believe that to deal with all the drunk people around you and to have fun, you need to have five shots of tequila in you. And I don't think that's true. I've had quite a few more sober nights out lately, and and I just don't think that's true. I think especially if you're with the right people and you're in a fun environment, like a new club or a really great atmosphere, I don't think there's any reason why you have to be have more than a drink or two in you. But when I tell you my brain health improved 
so much when I started drinking less. And I still notice it to this day. I had recently, I had like three weeks in a row where I ended up hungover, like each of those weekends for at least one day. And I was just, I was just on a bit of a downward, downward spiral, nothing crazy, but this past three weeks, I haven't gone out like once. I, it's just been one of those lulls and I don't know. And my mental clarity is just there. My focus is just there. My drive is just there, you guys. I can just tell that like my brain is doing what it needs to do and my body is feeling the way it needs to feel. And I'm not saying that alcohol is literally the only thing. There's so many aspects to like taking care of your brain. But when I tell you that I can physically feel that alcohol kills my brain a little bit more every time I hit it a little too hard, I I really can. And that's what Dr. Daniel Amen speaks about in this um, episode of The Skinny Confidential. I highly recommend you listen to it. I'm about to go buy all of his books because I think that he is so intelligent and just smart and fascinating. Basically, this is a little fan club for Dr. Daniel Amen. And this is really just food for thought, and I don't think it has to be black and white, like you drink or you don't. If you see me, especially on like New Year's Eve or something, in the city, at a club, with a few too many drinks in me, you know, mind your business. That's that's fine. You know, things happen. Not saying I'm an angel. So I'm not saying I'll never drink again. I'm not saying I'll never have a little too much to drink again, but... I just do really want people my age to reflect on how alcohol is affecting them, especially if every single weekend you're having at least one day where you're out of commission because of how hungover you are. And you may just realize that it's simply not worth it. Dr. Amen also interestingly talks about weed in this episode, which I have never been one to reject weed. I personally don't smoke a lot of it or ingest a lot of it simply because it makes me really anxious. I actually just had a really terrible experience with with edibles when I visited my friends in Denver. I could like feel my bones when I took these edibles. Oh my god, I was like in a different world. So clearly that that was only a couple months ago. I've never been one to like reject weed, but... I think it's interesting how Dr. Amen pointed out how when they tested weed, like consistent weed smokers' brains, they were, they were in fact lower in every category that they were testing. I I don't know exactly what they were testing, but they were certainly less clear-headed than people who don't consistently smoke weed. And that was fascinating to me. I'm not going to speak too much on that because I think it's a little bit of a sensitive and taboo topic still, unfortunately. And... I'm less interested in that than I am in alcohol, simply because I just get so anxious smoking weed, and that's kind of a me thing. I don't think that's for everyone. That's definitely not for everyone. For a lot of people, it's the opposite. And I understand how we can help mental health in some way, can help pain, relieve pain in some ways, but I would just give that podcast a listen, maybe listen to that part of it, because I thought that was fascinating. I had heard that there were studies about weed not being good for you and affecting your productivity, of course. You know, like that whole lazy weed weed smoker persona that people paint. But it might be more real than I personally ever thought. I don't know. That's, again, just food for thought. But weed on the brain seems to not be very good either. And finally, speaking of drugs, (laughs) um, he also mentioned how Dr. Amen also mentioned how it's not his first resort. Like, he likes to try everything before this. 
but he actually does agree with the studies and I guess documentaries and things that say that um, psychedelics can actually significantly improve and help with your mental health, which I think is fascinating. Certainly something I would want to do more research on, not something I would ever personally jump into too quickly, but I like the idea of it kind of being a last resort, but something that this very credible doctor still supports. And it's funny because you would think that it would be more likely for someone of, of this doctor's status to say, well, a little bit of weed here and there is fine, but like, don't even, you know, fuck with psychedelics. Absolutely not. You know, they're a different tier of drugs, but seems to be the opposite there. And I think I find that to be fascinating. I just, I think psychedelics are fascinating and how they affect your brain and can make you see differently. I'm scared of them, but I am fascinated by them. So with all that being said, just to like kind of wrap this up with with a little bow, um, in no way am I saying that your life needs to be black and white and that you need to drink or not drink, smoke weed or not smoke weed. Um, I just think that maybe if you're someone who struggles with the concept of mental health, start thinking of it as brain health and how can I improve my brain today? Is this action that I'm taking good for my brain health? Because the things that are good for your brain health include everything that's also good for your mental health. Exercising, eating well, getting nutrients in your diet, getting proper sleep. These are all things that will not only improve your physical health, it will improve your brain health, and therefore it will improve your mental health. And consider maybe this weekend when you go out with your friends, have a shot of tequila, maybe two, before you leave, pregame a little, and then when you get to the bar, just on the side, order a water with lime, tell people it's it's there's vodka in there, and see how the night goes. See if you can still have fun without drinking. I don't know. Maybe something to try. Maybe that's your homework assignment, okay? I've been trying to give, you know, little homework assignments at the end of these episodes, so next time you go out on the town with your friends, I am going to challenge you to not necessarily, like, not drink at all, but drink deliberately I want you to drink less than you typically would and just see how it goes maybe reflect the next day on how hungover you are how much fun you had see if it's something you want to continue I don't know and that's going to be all for today's episode I hope it helps someone out there gain a little perspective on brain health mental health how alcohol might be affecting you Um, I love you so much for making it to the end of the episode Make sure to follow the Instagram if you have the time. Give me a review. Follow the podcast. Turn on notifications. All of those things. I love you so much. Have a great week. And that's all. Bye.